from the old National Bank State Street studio, you're listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Matt Eberflus joining us. You got a lot of pub about the nickname game. Going around all the nicknames that you gave the players. Tom Waddle, who's not here. So Waddle coming out of Boston College, under guy, would never drop a pass. Really good uh, hands guy. What would you give Waddle as a nickname? Sticky. I like that. Sticky. Not stinky. Sticky. And that means, like, your ability to catch the football, not I can't create separation. Because that's that, actually not a positive nickname. Well, says who? That's, uh, that says me. If he calls you sticky and he means you can't create separation, how do you know it's, like it's him not calling a, you dumbass? Well, he would probably call me dumbass. But how do you know that that's not a double meaning for him? Well, you think he was trying to be... Because I don't think that that's how he rolls. I think he's a positive guy in general, and he wouldn't go negative. Uh, Yesterday, too, uh, Jesse asked him about if he would, uh, in training camp, practice more and and, uh, learn from this uh, past year. About about being ready. Being ready. ready. And he said that he's going to play the starters uh, every uh, series of the preseason. He, Being he, a wise guy, yeah, yeah. like I, like he's opened up a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, he, he's having some more fun. Well, these that's days, what happens when you can, when when you are yeah. leaning towards having job security. Yeah, yeah, it's but, easy to laugh. But he he would not tell us though um, if he has been told that he is back. I I like I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if he knows that he's he's back. Uh, it, it's interesting. Let's uh, talk to Courtney Cronin who joins us right now in the car X. Tire and Auto Hotline. If you want to talk to Courtney, we'll take some calls with her as well. 312-332-3776. Courtney wrote a great, great article on ESPN.com. Jeremy Fowler also contributed. Uh, but we know all the good stuff was from Courtney. Um, so exactly. check that out at ESPN.com. Uh, uh, Courtney, before we go to the uh, column on, an article on that, do you believe that Matt Eberflus knows his future? I'm sure he has some, you don't go into this blind. I mean, obviously week 18 matters for a lot of reasons, but I would imagine there've been conversations of where is this thing heading in the 2024 off season in a matter of a week, he may not have. Yeah. Like a hundred, 10% year back. He may have that the way he's come across though. in, in recent weeks is what I know we've talked about. He's a lot more relaxed and he's a lot, more at ease than I think he's been at other points of the season. And that's not to say he's been uptight because that's just not his personality. I give him a lot of credit. He's, you know, I'm sure at points he's wanted to snap at us and some of our line of questioning, which of course is it's necessary when you're on a two and seven, you're a team that starts two and seven, but he's been about as even keel uh, throughout this whole thing, which I know people inside Hallis Hall appreciate about him a lot. So, you know, the, the same Matt Eberflus that you get in the middle of a dumpster fire week two when you've got the quarterback calling out coaching and his D.C. Uh, resigning in the middle of a Wednesday is the same D.C. version or same version of him that you get today, which is why he, I mean, I'll say he's got a good poker face in that regard. If he has been told, nobody knows about it for certain, even though things very clearly are, are headed 
that direction with him coming back next year. Courtney, despite them not having playoff uh, hopes or dreams this year, I personally believe there still is a lot for them to play for, and I believe they feel that. But I'm not up there. You are. How do you feel about this team heading to Green Bay? Oh, they do. They know they have a lot to play for, and it's not just the rivalry. That matters. And I know that there's some fans who aren't thrilled with the idea that Eberflus is going into it saying, you know, we're going to keep it about us. But what do you want him to say? Do you want him to channel somebody he's not? He's not going to be Dan Campbell and go controlled fury or whatever that phrase was that he used yesterday about how they're going into Minnesota. They have to keep it about them. They're still a growing team. They're a team that's trying to finish with an eight and nine record. So the second you start diverting from that and talking about going up there to like beat the hell out of the Packers and play spoiler, that's when the focus gets off of what you need to have it on, which is still showing improvement so you can carry this win into the off season. And I know there's a lot of time that passes between week 18 and when we get to training camp, but a win goes a long way in the vibes continuing, the chemistry, guys wanting to come here during free agency. Obviously, the success that this team has in the draft will play into the roster they have next year, too. But it's it's more than just like the immediate term of like Eberflus, his job security, Justin Fields, what he needs, if anything, what more they want to see from him in Week 18. Um, for this team and what it's built, it would feel really, I think, It would sour a lot of taste uh, if they end up losing this game in Green Bay, especially considering the circumstances. And nobody will tell you that, like, with Detroit last year. Remember, they were eliminated. It wasn't before, like the Bears were, uh, a week before. They were eliminated a couple hours before because of that Rams and Seahawks game. So they could have just given up. They could have quit. And they could have not shown up in Lambeau on Sunday Night Football, but they did. And I think the Bears see a lot of parallels between themselves and the Lions from where the Lions were a year ago to what they can become. And when you're bought into that, you're going to follow that model to a T. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, Courtney, uh, you wrote, a, like I mentioned, the, the great article on ESPN.com, you and Jeremy Fowler. Um, in all your research and all your work putting into that article – what what surprised you the most that you found out? The fact that Jeremy and I couldn't get a consensus on the amount of draft capital the Bears would be able to garner for Justin Fields. We had heard anything initially when you start reporting this thing a couple weeks ago. It's anything from a third to a fourth to that becoming a second to a third. And then the draft package, like the thought of the number one overall pick, how much they could get for that if they moved it, and it being more than what they ended up getting for the Bryce Young trade last year. Um, like that's that's the, those are some of the more intriguing things I've found because every week it felt like people we were checking in with around the league have um, have changed their opinion, at least in terms of the value of Justin Fields, how he's viewed by 31 other teams and how his stock is rising, but also what that does for the Bears. If they ultimately decide to go the direction of keeping him, um, then that does wonders for them in terms of it's a a champagne problem to have. If you have a quarterback who you believe in, and if you believe that building around this player is the right option, then that number one pick and the other teams, as we've seen, Washington, the New England Patriots, um, you know, there's the list goes on. There's tons of teams right now that need quarterbacks. 
and you could end up getting like a you know a king's ransom. And we thought a king's ransom was the one what they got four picks and DJ Moore for the last first round pick. Imagine if you don't have a player in it this year. How many more firsts is that? How many? How much more draft capital is that for Ryan Poles to use now? And a couple years down the line, because that Carolina trade is going to be paying off through 2025, just in terms of the draft capital, because they had that second round pick. What is what could a number one uh, pick for the number one overall, a trade for the number one overall pick yield them this year? Could be twice that is is kind of what we gathered, and that's a wild proposition to think about when you when you take a look at where this team is right now and all of the options that they have. That trade was the gift that keeps on giving, and that's a good thing, uh, Courtney. We find ourselves in the middle of this, so emotion is part of it. We live in Chicago. This is where we are, and this is who we are. So outside of Chicago and off the get upset. Um, do you believe there's a broader consensus that this isn't as hard of a decision as maybe we, as we are immersed in this appear it is? I had a GM text me yesterday asking that exact question. Is it really as hard of a decision for polls and for this front office as it's, as it's being made, you know, made out to be nationally. And certainly within our article, we go through a ton of different scenarios. We didn't even go through, have a chance to go through all of them. The one that I think is most intriguing is what if they keep fields and trade back from one, but get a quarterback in the middle of the first round again, like there's so many scenarios here, but this GM that texted me asking me this, I was like, well, what's your rationale behind this? Like, if you have 31 starts and there's not clarity, then that's clarity. That's your answer that you can't go all in on this player. And, I think that a lot of execs you talk to view it through the lens of an emotionless business right. business decision, yes. which we know is a lot different if you're on another team making that call or sure. at least playing, you know, playing the role of Ryan Poles versus Ryan Poles going to do it himself. I know that Ryan Poles is not going to take this thing lightly. This is something they discuss every single day in the building. The the amount of, of you know work that they do to be able to get to a point whenever it is in the off season when they've come to their decision because they don't have the decision now. They may be trending in a certain direction, but it's not like anything's cut and dry. And that's I don't know. Maybe maybe I think you guys are with me. Sylvie, I know that like when you put out your column last week and, and you were getting the J F one hive coming at you right. and Duh! I've gotten it on Twitter too. <laughs> yeah. I've I've never seen a more polarizing crazy. debate between the people who are like pro Justin Fields, trade the pick, go get Marvin Harrison Jr., go do whatever else you can in this year's draft and free agency versus the ones who are on the opposite of that. But like I don't know if we can just take with you know the callers that call in here, the the people that we see on social media. One of the best things I was ever told by a boss of mine at ESPN when I first started is that Twitter is the loudest majority, but it makes up about 15% of the population. Like what you're seeing, the discourse and how nasty it can get at times, it's only a section yeah. that over that represents the overall fan base. And even though the loud majority right now are the ones who are chanting, we want fields um, and, and seeing it through that, that perspective you can't ignore the other side of it. And I think it's a good thing for the Bears that yes. you have a quarterback where everybody isn't ready to punt him into Lake Michigan <laughs> right. the way that they did with Cade McNown, the way that they did with Rex Grossman, with Mitch Trubisky. That's a good problem to have because it means that either way, you're probably going to end up okay in the quarterback spot, whether it's Justin Fields or someone else. Like 
if he fell off a cliff coming back after week 11, that's an easy decision for the Bears, and you probably have a more consensus feeling among the fan base. You know, that's different than what we're currently dealing, and I know people are going to tell me that I'm an idiot and I know nothing and I don't have a pulse in this fan base. I do. I just choose not to get in the weeds on it because that's just it's exhausting and I don't think people can fight fair because I don't blame them you finally have a quarterback who is a competent playmaker who can do some incredible things this franchise hasn't been on the cusp of that in a really long time so you never want to like stomp out someone's excitement when they finally have a glimmer of hope and it feels like okay well they might trade that glimmer of hope you can understand why people are so emotionally invested in it but then you balance that with the perspective of people around the league that Jeremy and I both talked to about the decision here and what it's going to mean for the Chicago Bears um, it's not an easy one it's not one that you don't toil over and and I don't envy Ryan Poles from having to make this decision even though you know it could set this franchise up for 10 years of success for failure I mean this is a monumental franchise altering move that he's going to have to make one way or another and it's going to be the biggest story of the offseason. I, I think we're headed in the right direction because I declared that 2024 is the return to civility year. And I think I've already Can seen... Can it be the return to nuance? Can we have nuanced conversation? Well, is nu- that allowed? Well, Courtney, nuance is going to be part of the, the civility, okay? Because I would think that most conversations involve nuance, which would mean that we are going to discuss in a civil manner. In fact, I think it has spurred on one apology already on Twitter. Somebody made an apology to Sylvie. So I think I'm making progress here. This is what I wanted to ask you. And, and, and I would say to the people, regardless of where you're at, and I think you described it perfectly. These are champagne problems in the, if you really narrow it down. Because you've got good choices. I would ask the people that are really strong on one side, you gotta trade the, you got to trade the pick. Trevor, you know, a treasure trove of, of, of first-rounders and everything else. If you trust Ryan Poles to make that decision and then employ that draft capital and bring in all of these great players, then why wouldn't you trust if he said to you guys, guys, I've done all the work and I think it's in the best interest of this organization to move on from Justin and draft Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams. If you're willing Mm -hmm. to trust him over here because it aligns with what you think is a fan – you're going to tell me you're not going to trust Ryan Poles if he decides to do this over here? I think he's earned our trust in a short period of time to do whatever. That's just how I, I mean, look, look at it. No, I mean, you're right, because it's kind of the confirmation bias. Like, some people will only believe what they want to believe if it fits their narrative. And if Poles goes and, and trades Justin, then the, the fans that want to see him still here will say, oh, that's a terrible decision because it doesn't align with what I, the fan, the person who's invested in this team, who spent my money going to games, it doesn't align with what I want to do. And because so often, and I don't blame fans for this, like sometimes football people overcomplicate the hell out of things. And that's that's what it could look like if you're not looking at this in totality, man, Justin's played great. They've won four of their last five. He's cut down on the interceptions, the sacks. He's stepping up in the pocket and making big throws. He's not bailing from the pocket um, because he's got great protection in front of him, by and large. You don't need five great offensive linemen. No team has that. You need three. And they've got three right now. Um, And they've got a terrific defense, too. That's also the argument to bring in a young quarterback because you know that you're not bringing him in 
if they were to go draft a quarterback to a team that sucks, you're bringing him into a team that's building a lot of pieces in into a, a roster that looks really good right now and is only going to look better after they're active in free agency. So in a lot of ways, when you weigh the pros and cons of this, as I, as I know that they're doing in the front office, uh, and these are meetings that, of course, are going to intensify as they get into the thick of their free agent stuff here coming up, um, those are those are all of the factors that you have to consider. And general managers, I mean, it's a thankless job. You get paid millions of dollars to do a thankless job. They know that when they sign up for it, but it doesn't mean that it's not something he's sweating over. And he's gone through a ton in the first 20 months on the job, uh, 23 months now on the job, where if you look at his track record the last couple of last year, DJ Moore, you got two draft picks out of the trade as well for DJ Moore when Darnell Wright had started every single game, played near, I believe, every single snap, Tyreek Stevenson. You know, all of the things he's done, the last remaining puzzle piece for him is solving the quarterback. But I don't think anybody would decry him going out and being aggressive to get Montez Sweat to do all of these other franchise-altering things when it's brought this team on the cusp of showing that they can be a really good team. So if you trust him to do that, you need to trust at the end of the day that it's not a decision that they're taking lightly. And ultimately, it's not just about finances either. Like It's about trying to get the trajectory of this thing right for the next 10 years. And I promise you, I know there are a lot of fans who think they know football. These people literally do it for their job. Hmm. It is literally 100% of their livelihoods. It's what they get paid for. And at the end of the day, it's it's do or die for them in a lot of ways. Like Careers are decided by this. The careers of the last front office were ultimately decided on passing up Patrick Mahomes to go get Mitchell Trubisky. Like They don't take it lightly is what I'm trying to say, and I do think that sometimes there's some fans who think, oh, well, they see a bright, shiny object in Caleb Williams. They're just ignoring the fact that Justin Fields is beloved universally here, which is another thing in my story that I thought I, I don't, it didn't surprise me because I've you know been here two seasons now. Everybody I've talked to loves this guy. That is not a decision either that Ryan Poles can take lightly, knowing what not having Justin Fields here could do to the locker room. All right, let's uh, take a couple calls with you here, uh, Courtney. Courtney Cronin joining us, Waddle and Selby. Patrick on the Northwest side. Patrick, what do you got for Courtney? Well, great. I, I just want to go back. I, I, I think this is a life lesson for everybody. I'm a retired fire captain, and um, what we used to do after every, you know fires being you know a little out more elevated and stress in a football game. Mm-hmm. Every single time after we had a fire, we would have a review of the fire. It'll be a couple of days later, and everything was scrutinized. What you said on the radio, how you acted, because people's lives are at risk, and. The, the, you know, I've had the finger pointed at me for not, uh, you know, for, you know, for this or that. And the takeaway is you have to be able to tell the truth in order to get better. And I think Waddle and Sylvie, you guys brought it up a couple hours ago. There's another radio show here. They used to criticize people. I couldn't listen because of that. And I think it's a life lesson. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas, he did the same thing. It was called Questionis Disputate, the disputed question. He's a great philosopher. How did you get to the truth? Get one side of the room, take the argument here, and the other side, take the argument there, and it, and it made everybody better. And or, you know, and, and you know, and I think that's what Ryan Pulse is going to do. So you look at Justin. Okay, what does Justin do good? What does he do bad? 
Here, here's one question they have to answer. Is Jordan Love better than Justin Fields? I think Kurt Warner said he is. I think Chase Daniels said he is. Wanstead said he is. So when they have to decide, do you want to play the Packers for the next 10 years with a quarterback they think is better than ours? That's one of the things you have to get to. And it's, and it's dispassionate. It's not negative against Justin, but it's something you have to answer. Patrick, thanks for doing what you did, too, uh, yeah. uh, as a fire captain. Thank you. Much more important than us yes, debating yes. whether or not the Bears That's should keep their quarterback yes. or move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good stuff. Uh, John in Palatine. John, what do you got for Courtney? Hey, how y'all doing, man? Good, John. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm coming, coming to you straight from a grandfather that got a kid in college playing football. Now, and I know... Peyton Thorne, I know Bucky Irvin. And I'm telling you right now, the Bears coaching staff ain't better than the Green Bay. You know why? Because we haven't had a better uh, coaching staff. This was good me about you guys, man. We haven't paid attention. Justin needs to stay right here. He deserves to that position because he done went to how many coaching staffs already? Jordan Love didn't do that. So anybody want to sit there and compare Green Bay to us, Green Bay is a better organization. I'm 65. I've been watching the Bears for years. Years. They're finally trying to get this stuff right. I want that boy. Because I got a grandson out there going through the same BS. Bucky Payton didn't have to go through it. My grandson doing. And I'll tell you right now, don't make that mistake. Or let Justin go. And, man, it just it just bores me. It bores me over while I was sitting. Because I listen to you guys every day. I try to listen to you guys every every evening and try to call that to you guys. Justin deserves to get that position, man. He done did what he had to do. Hear you. Where's and your he, Where's your Where's your grandson at, John? I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say where he at. I'm gonna I'm gonna let him find his space, space. But he he he's over there at Southeast Conference right now. Oh, SEC country, huh? Yeah, and, and he deserves better too out there. And, Look, he's good friends with Bucky Irvin and Peyton Thorne. You know, okay. They all have school together and play together. Best of luck to you and your grandson. Thanks, John. <laughs> Courtney, you got something for John? Can you answer that question? No, I mean, I think that it's honestly it's better served taking these calls because you, you can see how divided. Um, right. And I know that obviously the last two, I, you know, the, to the point of, you know, the tell the truth part. I mean, I think with I think it was John who called in the first the firefighter, like, mm-hmm. you know, all of the, it, it just he's talking about sorting through all of the things that the Bears are going to have to when they make this evaluation and that it's literally looking no stones unturned. And, and then obviously you can tell them the passion of the last caller. You see something in Justin Fields. Fans have been starved for this for so long. It almost feels, I'm just trying to put my, my shoe, myself in the shoes of a fan, but they're looking at this saying, why, why turn away now when things are just starting to get good? Why rip the rug out from under this team that is going to end up inevitably? You know, quarterbacks struggle early on, by and large. Yeah, I know that C.J. Stroud has succeeded and was an MVP candidate for a while, but that's the anomaly, not the norm, where – if you, if you have a young quarterback, you're expecting that quarterback to come in and have to take his lumps. But you know, the flip side of that is that you're, you, you, they didn't get this number one pick because they're a two and inevitably 15 team, but like the Panthers are going to be. They're potentially an eight and nine team. And it's a pick that 
you know, this is a quarterback who's going to come in. He's going to have pass protection. He's going to have a run game, and he's going to have a really good defense at that if they move on from Justin. So it's just, I think we can't lose sight of that in all of this, but I can understand the angst, the emotion, um, and, and really the frustration of fans having to wait because hate to break it to you guys, we're not going to know about this anytime soon. Like, this is going to be the fodder that we have the next two and a half, three months until they either decide to trade the pick or, you know, double down and, you know, go get a quarterback in the draft and trade Justin Fields or maybe not trade Justin Fields. I still think that we need to talk about that scenario of them keeping Fields for 2024, picking up the fifth-year options, $21.9 million. They can afford it. Um, and then that's still the idea of, oh, well, they, you're locked into paying Justin Fields. Not yet. Not quite. Like, you know, eventually you'd have to pay him about $40 million a year because that's the going rate. Daniel Jones is making that. Justin Fields is going to make that, too. But that doesn't mean it has to happen right now where when I go to these champagne problems, like the idea of, um, you know, what happened with, with the San Diego Chargers, with Phillip Rivers when he was first starting out. Like, if you can get another quarterback in there, and have a situation, or it was Justin Herbert and Philip Rivers, rather. Like, if you can have the next guy in line, and if Justin Justin succeeds, that's terrific. Then you have a high end backup behind him. But if not, then you're ready, and you don't force somebody into a situation that many rookie quarterbacks like Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young uh, had to do this year and haven't succeeded with. So, I mean, there's so many layers to it. I I'm really glad that we I – I just hope people find, found the article fair. Yeah. That's all I care about. Real quick, too. I think too, we tried to paint every scenario. I, I, thought, I thought you did. I thought it was very fair. Um, real quick, your thoughts on a offensive coordinator change? Because if they change coordinators and they keep the quarterback, this will be the mm-hmm. third offense in four years. That's a lot to ask any quarterback mm-hmm. in the National Football League. And that's – this is my opinion on this. I think if they do make a change at offensive coordinator, that might be a tell towards the quarterback situation. Because as we know, three systems in three years, that's a lot, or since 2021, that's a lot. It takes – guys one year minimum they don't know the verbiage the first year well enough to be able to execute it at a high enough level that takes two years before you're proficient with that so if they do move on with Luke Getze that's what they have to consider about in the Justin Fields equation that these it's such a matrix um you know it's, it's an absolute matrix with the way that all of these decisions affect one another and nothing it's a decision that can be made independent of anything else. They all are aligned with each other, and that's that's why this is so difficult, and that's why I can't stand when people say, oh, this is an easy decision. Why is they toiling over this? Why would anybody in the Chicago Bears organization think this is not a no-brainer? Um, it's a very difficult decision. It's not cut and dry. It's, what do we call this? 2024 is the year of nuance returning. Uh, uh, like, I call, we could call it that. I call it a return to civil, uh, civility. Return to civility, the yeah. return of nuance. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's going to be... We can workshop the, this. It's early in I 2024. Like I like our ideas here. Yeah. Because, I mean, it speaks to the most important decision that's going to be made in Chicago sports history, potentially, if they get it right. Great stuff, Courtney. And uh, great work on the article. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Happy New Year. Right, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, We're up at House Hall as well. Sounds great. I'll see you guys. Take okay. care. There's uh, Courtney Cronin doing great work. Check it out on ESPN.com. Uh, if you want to react, 332-3776, Black and Abdallah. Also here in a half hour to take your phone calls. Uh, we've got Aki's A-List coming up next. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. 
Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at TWaddle87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. It's time for Aki's A-List. From the mind of the man who understands the four P's of Waddle's world. Aki's A-List. A-list. The top questions and topics floating around in Tyler Aki's mind. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Aki's A-List on ESPN Chicago. All right, Tyler's got the questions. We'll try to provide the answers. Uh, Tyler, what do you got for us today? All right, so a lot of talk has been about the boatload of picks that the Bears could get if they were to offload the number one overall pick again this season. And you even heard Courtney say, you may be able to get double what you got last year in terms of the volume of picks and all that stuff. Any chance I can get a player? Yes, an accomplished player for sure. as well? Yeah, potentially. To eliminate some have of you, the risk? Have you heard of what of one, like the fan base has been pitching, what's his name with the Raiders? Max oh, Crosby. Max Crosby. Max Crosby. Right. I'll take that. I love Max Crosby yeah, on the other side. They want to trade up, sweat. trade up for the quarterback, and then you get Crosby and Picks. I just got some mm-hmm. tingles on like my that's leg. Like DJ Moore yeah. with, with Picks. Max Crosby would be loved in this town. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Oh, loved. dude. He's like Erlacher times. Yeah. Because he plays that edge position. That like, motor he every down. Never he doesn't miss plays. No. Because mm-hmm. where are they now? Like, how many wins do the Raiders have? Seven or eight? Uh, the Raiders currently are picking 11th, so they're one spot behind the Bears. So you really have to go up for, like, do you for really think co- they're going to come off of Aiden O'Connell? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a Stevenson kid. I know, from Long Grove. Yes. And the other thing is, Devontae Adams just gave a glowing endorsement of Antonio Pierce today. Like, yeah. Like, he took time in his press conference to say how much they want Antonio Pierce back. I think Ant- Antonio Pierce is going to be re-signed yeah, by them. And, and do you think they learned from what happened to them last time? Basachi? Yeah. Basachi. Like, yeah. like, they made the playoffs with him. Yeah. And, and then they they thought, uh, hey, we're going to go to Josh McDaniels. And then it all caved in. And do you think now the same Tom, thing sort of has happened? Did the Brady investment ever go through? Uh-huh. He's it's done. I, I think so. I Isn't wonder he, uh, if he has any input in what's going on. I don't know. Just ask. But anyway, okay, let's say the Bears get a boatload of picks, three firsts, as reported by Jeremy Fowler and Courtney Cronin. So you will have six first-round picks. Let me ask this question real quick mm-hmm. from you. So let's say it's the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So you get this year's Raiders pick, mm-hmm. next year's Raiders first round, mm-hmm. and then next year's Raiders first round pick. You'd so basically that, yeah. you've swapped and you're really getting two, right? right? Isn't that the way you would right. look at because, it? You're getting right. two first right. round. You'll have six first round picks over the next three drafts. Are you better off trading some of those picks, let's say four of them, and have a godfather offer in for someone like Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Are you better off making a godfather offer for one of those quarterbacks than sticking with Justin? Okay, you're not going to get Burrow. You're not getting Burrow out of Cincinnati. And and you're not getting Josh Allen. You're not getting Josh Allen out of Buffalo. They they could win. They could win it this year. Yeah. You could give up four first-round picks and still have a first-round pick in each of the next two drafts. I don't think it would take four first-round picks for, like, Justin Herbert, would it? Okay, what if you wanted Josh Allen or Joe Burrow? And just absolutely, and you could throw in some second rounders too. 
I don't think most of those teams. I would don't do that. think, I don't think they would give the Bengals Joe trading Burrow. Joe Burrow. Only Herbert. Herbert's okay, the Herbert. only guy yeah. who who might be tradable. I and Tyler, I don't think you'd have to trade all four of them. I, I'm just throwing a number okay. out there. Okay, let's say it's three then. This has been another fantasy thing that people have thrown out there. I think Big Cat has thrown out there the 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 Herbert scenario. So what you're saying is just so you would trade the first pick and two other firsts for no, no, just no. you're trading the first pick to let's say it's to the to, Giants. to the Chargers. No, let's say it's the Giants. Okay, then you get your three first round picks and some other assets as let's well. Let's take out the middleman. Like the, the the scenario that a lot of people have preached is. Jim Harbaugh gets the the job in L.A. and you just send them the number one overall pick for Herbert. I think and let them be- let them do the, the. I think you're better off with or, involving a middleman. Or you are. So you're saying you're going to keep the first overall pick and trade it for even more, mm-hmm. and then you're going well, to use some of that first currency pick to let's say let's call it the Giants here. So in this scenario as well, you're trading Justin. Yes. Okay. Justin is that's a separate trade though. Okay. Unless someone wants them. So you're saying uh, uh, look, I the I, I get what you're saying. I think the only guy that would be available is Herbert and I don't even think he's going to be available. But well, I don't yeah, know because yes. I, I I I want Justin Herbert on this team. Yeah. I, but I think that Justin Herbert maybe so because the ownership I'm I I they mean can they get out of that money. Yeah. But if you're Jim Harbaugh doesn't Unless you want the first overall pick, I would think if you're Harbaugh, Justin Herbert would be one of the the draws to taking. It's been the job. documented too. Like Greeny's brought it up to how much Harbaugh loves JJ uh, Justin, McCarthy, Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But like, that's the only draw draw to take the Chargers. Yeah, gig because the, they have no home fan base. Well, the other thing too is, will Los Angeles pony up for it? A notoriously cheap franchise for, for Harbaugh. For Harbaugh, yeah. Well, they, they they ponied up for Justin Herbert. Yeah, but you you had to do that, right? I think I think that's the only way you sort of get established in L.A. is you have to you have to get that marquee coach. Oh, I and and what you've said to me is the best part point of all. That doesn't count against your salary yeah, cap. Really. Ten million dollars a year on for the a dollar. coach is yes. It's not going to be ten. You you're going to have to pay him twenty plus. Twenty million a year yes. for Jim? Yes. Twenty million. The going plus? rate for top coaches right now is like twenty million dollars for Who's Pete making Carroll? twenty million? Sean Payton. Sean, Sean Payton's, Payton's making yeah. twenty million. Sean Payton has a Super Bowl. Joe Belichick doesn't but, have a Super Bowl. But you gotta get him out of there. You gotta get him out of Michigan. He's and he's but got a, he's got Michigan leverage. Is, who twelve and a half million. I know, but you he's got leverage. Twelve and a half. I don't think he has his. I don't think he has twenty million dollars. Twenty leverage. million a year, guy. Who else is making twenty? What's Pete Carroll making? Isn't Pete Carroll making eighteen or twenty? Peyton and Belichick are definitely making twenty. Wow, I'm telling you, the ceiling for coaches in the yeah. NFL is going up. Where have I been? My head's been in the sand when it comes to coaching salaries. Okay, um, I think it's a good question. Carroll's making 15, McVay's making 14, Tomlin 12 and a half. Right. Andy Reid's 12 million. What a bargain! Yeah, yeah, he's key. He, like, so he you're saying Harbaugh would set the market probably because of where he's at at eight? Because he can. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I make a call. How about that? I'll make a call to, to the Chargers. See what it's, you know. Ryan Poles has got so many different avenues that he can take this team down. He's in the catbird seat. I, I, I don't remember yes. someone who's had. When's the last time any of our general managers have had this much 
This is like at their fa- disposal. Yeah, this is like fantasy general managing. Like we 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 are like a, a, a guy with a fantasy, like Meller with his fantasy football yes. team, trying to fleece other teams in our league right now. And by the way, too. it's not just about draft picks. We've got what sixth or seventh most cap space right. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, it's like it's almost like you're playing your franchise mode with forced trades on because you can get just about anything. Yeah, it feels like with this number one overall pick. So, where, like, I'm trying to think. When's the last time in this town, if ever, we we've had like someone's had this at their their disposal? Because baseball, got, this stuff doesn't you know happen because you they get go, trade picks. When they go down to the to the combine. He gets every table at St. Elmo's. Like, he's going to be sit where, whatever he wants. I think we're going he's to the combine. Own, are we? I, I think we're going. I, I, I should make a reservation now You, got, you at, and I got to 40 down there. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, no. Yeah. Well, not just, not like, in the building. Like how outside original, of St. Elmo's. How, uh, oh, outside oh, of St. Elmo's. That's what we should. Yeah. That's in the street. Better. That's better. Yeah. For the I'm shrimp gonna, cocktail. Yeah. For the shrimp. I'm going to do a Dick Eisen. I'm going to do a Rich Eisen move. I'm going to put that. We should make the reservation now. Don't do what Cap did either and bring, like, the iPads. We're going there, and, and we're, we're, we're getting stuff I'm gonna done. I'm going to throw you some passes, too, and see if you track the football. See if you learn how to track oh, the yeah. ball. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, I'm telling you, though, we're going to be we're, we're gonna get some wow. stuff done with some I'm just telling you, like you said, people. was it Tony Soprano? Yeah. Ryan Poles is Tony Soprano. The corner table. Corner table. People and every are table come around with offers. I w- You know what? I hope Ryan Poles does it shirtless, too. With a giant chain, like hey. like a Kirk Cousins chain around his neck. Bandana now you're changing on. things. I don't know. I just think it'd be cool. Now you went from the Godfather offer to I Kirk just think Cousins. it'd be cool. Did you see Kirk Cousins too? Did the um, yeah. what do the they skull do? Horn. The skull, skull? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he was shirtless. Well, so so was his son, son right? Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Love it. Super it was, skinny. That's too. a dude's rock moment right there. Yeah. Is that a wear a shirt from Coles? So, what else you got? All right. Speaking of Ryan Poles, we we had this conversation earlier, probably a couple months ago, about general managers within this city. Is Ryan Poles the general manager that you have the most trust in right now? Uh, who are the other general managers? Jed, Jed Hoyer. Jed, they Chris haven't Gatt. signed anybody. Chris Not Chris Gatt. Gatt. Kyle okay. Davidson, boys. And Kyle, Kyle Davidson's got the Hawks set up. He he, Does he? he took Bedard. No, no, no. I, but he's got a lot of first round picks coming I their way. Oh, in there and made Bedard. that pick. That's it. So he made the right selection. You get credit for it. Don't get me wrong. No, but, but he does I have a lot of first-round picks coming in future years. Okay. He's the only guy in the conversation with Poles. All right. Well, I'm still Jed? I'm riding with Jed, I mean, look, Jed, Jed, Jed if, he would, if he would do something. It's about the other part of Jed, though, is it, that on the teardown, he was right on literally everything. He was. Right, right. I, look, I know it's easy to discount now, but it's like that. That that picture of the guy with the stick, with the stick poking, do something. Come do, on, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jed, don't like, let your frustration with Jed at the moment cloud your thought on no, the answer to this question. He, he's just never, Jed's got a w- couple World Series rings, right? Yes, one. The other thing, one. the other no, thing with Jed too well, is with like Boston. Yeah, is, is, is like the assist. How many moves have truly been made this offseason in baseball? Three. Not many. Yamamoto, Shohei, and the Soto trade. Like the major, major stuff. And mm-hmm. Tyler Glasnow. So like Glass the Dodgers okay, so have four. dominated mm-hmm. the entire offseason baseball. Yeah, Dodgers spent a billion dollars. Why not? Look, I think that you give... It's a good poll I, question I think you, for tomorrow. I, I think you give... 
maybe Jed the benefit of the doubt at the moment, but willing to change my mind based on what happens in April and May of Abdallah, this upcoming Abdallah year. Abdallah just made a good point. Jed's not even the GM. It's Carter Hawkins. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I guess decision-making yeah, is the way it should frame Details, it. details. Details, details. Go Big Blue. <laughs> Who's the last guy you want in charge in town? Um, is it AK? I don't like our team. I don't either. Is that Chris Getz? Who's Chris Getz? Probably Getz. Chris Getz. At least he's, he's never... honest with you. I know. I don't like our team. I know. Perspective but... on it. I, I know, but like, he's yeah. He's got. I mean, AK has not done. Didn't he do some decent things in Denver? And he was also like the assistant there. Uh, okay. Well, I don't like either one of those situations. I don't like our team. I don't either. Chris, I right. don't. Uh, let's cross talk with Black and Abdallah. Uh, good stuff, Tyler. Um, we'll cross talk with Black and Abdallah. They're back together and they're coming up next. Reuniting. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Some conversations. Yeah, it's, it's all sports related. I'm trying to figure out. Look there was it up. A, look there up was the a picture. Famous celebrity that stayed together during when everybody was forced to stay at home. Will Smith quarantine. and Jada Pinkett. No, 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 no. It wasn't them. It was someone else. Someone on, on Twitter or the. Uh, You're saying they were exes. They and were then they... exes, and they came together even though like the quarantine. The, the wife had another family. The husband stayed with them. What? Because during quarantine, so Did he could he have be around else his, to live. No, so he could be around his kids and see his kids during the oh, whatever. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, so the kids ask. Yeah, eh, rich people. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not real rules. Why don't you just rich call people, up in a hotel down the street? Yeah. Well, because there's instead of listening to your ex and her new husband, rich people's houses are so big. Julian Edelman told the story about getting lost in Tom Brady's mansion. Well, that's true. Like that's how big these houses are. I mean, come on, you can make it work. Edelman's well, we fun were, to listen to, by the way. He's a good, yeah, he's a good interview. He's we were uh, plotting Derrick Rose and his triple double on Christmas. No assists. Yeah, <laughs> triple double. That's what we were, we were applauding. So him. Explain, explain <laughs> this. <laughs> what, what, what? There's photos from Christmas Do you morning. Have the photos? No, I don't. I Look don't it up know. over there. Apparently, his, his wife and then his girlfriend. They're all in matching pajamas, <laughs> and they're all celebrating Christmas. I think this is year two of it, too. I'm pretty his sure wife Christmas and his yes. girlfriend. Yes, the the pictures are all all over the internet. Those are just those are smiling, those are shoes. This is from a year ago. This is pulling up a year. Ago. Oh no, that's not it. Hold on, where is it? Yeah, that's them. I'm done. Hold on, I'm it. trying to find the picture. There, there's two sets of matching pajamas. Oh, here we go. Like One back week to ago. back years, right? Oh. And they're all matching. Yeah, that's one of them. Hold on. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look at them. They're all wearing matching pajamas. See? Yeah. Okay. Raise his jersey to the rafters. Hey, listen, I'm just going to say this. Raise the pajamas yeah. to the rafters. <laughs> Everybody, you know what? As I always like to say, you do you. <laughs> yeah. I'll do me over here, and we'll all live happily ever and after. it works, it works. It yeah, works. I'm, so I'm not going to pass it. judgment. I'm fine with it. By the way, Crosstalk with Black and Abdallah brought to you by Steinhoffel. For now. For for oh they love why it. get four get, Chicago land locations yeah get Derek Rose two one beds posting yeah it, get right? Derek Rose two He's beds proud. one or one yeah. Yeah, who knows one, one really big what is there bigger than uh, what's the California King is that the biggest one I think so yeah it's yeah, a big one. 
How much bigger is a California king than a regular king? I think it's just a little bit, isn't What's it? That? Length? I think no, it's like length. California. It's the same size, but it's a matter of like how it's distributed. It's the girth of the bed. Lengthwise or width? Well, yeah, where is it being distributed? <laughs> the, 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 the bed vibrates. footage is the same. The bed vibrates. <laughs> I don't know. It's not the size of the bed, guys. That's what you do in it. You go on mm. bed rides ever? Bed rides? You have uh, the adjustable bed that goes up and down? I do, but I don't think we've ever yeah. moved it. We no. never used it. Never moved no. it. Never. And I think I, I should because I need to prop up my head so my, my the post-nasal drip drains. Yeah. Yes, we all have that. Uh, we just the get a station. If, I, if I'm going to be propped up, I just uh, I, I get we'll another get pillow. pillow. Yeah, That's I what I get do. another pillow. Yeah. This is the worst the station has been, like, <laughs> even through the pandemic. No one was ever this thick no, through the pandemic. We did Chris, you sound the... like you have it, too, right? I've had it for two weeks now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had does. it for almost a month. Yeah, yeah me too. We, uh, everybody here has gotten sick. I got the, uh, we were supposed to leave on Thursday before Christmas to go to my in-laws for Christmas. Couldn't leave till Friday because on Thursday we all woke up with pink eye. That was oh, <laughs> pink eye. Really? Yeah, that was fun. What were you doing to get pink eye? Oh, got it for my daughter's daycare. Oh, that's yeah. Right. yeah, that's yeah. not good. She got it. My wife got it. I Car- got it. It's not, not a it's, 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 it's not an ailment that you get from no, doing no, the various stuff. The no, it's told us, farting on a pillow. No, the daycare told us that uh, all the what? yes, the daycare told us that all the infants were farting on each other's pillows. That's what they told us. The daycare said they were going around. Dude, She's I, a little I got rascal. back years what the ago. Are you talking about? <laughs> years ago, I got pink eye here at the station. Whose pillow were you sitting no, on no that pillows. somebody farted there on? Was, okay, back in the old studios, there was a, a vent over the control board. I looked up and dust fell out of it into my eye, and that's how I got pink eye. It was poop dust. Was was the dust from the, the nasty uh, it could have been vent. It could have been rats up there. It, it could have been, been rat, rat, been rat, rat stuff. poop in your poop? eye. Yeah. Years ago. And then <laughs> it's everyone, very contagious. When, when everyone's like, who? Conjunctivitis. Is, on your pillow? Is he pooping on your pillow? We're Does this count as an unhinged? Yeah, <laughs> we we're due for that. We're Hell overdue. There you go. Now it counts. There you go. Roll Talk about the Derrick Rose thing too. That's a good topic for Unhinged. Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, it's one Court big happy family, for right? Chicago athletes. Yeah, it's great. And they're they're both good with it. Yeah, I mean, they're smiling in the photo. I <laughs> Derek's great with it. Yeah, yeah, right? Derek He's got the care. biggest smile. Of course. Triple Why wouldn't you? I love that. It's a triple double. <laughs> right, what do you guys got coming up? Oh, we have a lot of football to get after. I mean, yeah. listen, this is a huge game. Bears-Packers, yeah. will your decision on Fields or Eberflus be swayed by what you see this weekend? That's what we're going to talk to people about. It's a good topic. I'm going to deliver this jersey to Cap. Yeah, that looks great. Yeah. Fart I like it. that stuff. I would just take that. What'd you say? And I thought they should fart on it. It's, it's Waddle's jersey, my jersey. You're going to wash it after Cap brings it back. You know some it, Packers fan is going to spill beer on him. You know that, this right? This is game more, he's gonna right? Be yeah. Take, oh, yeah. He's going to be take that in people, and some drunk Packers fan is going to pour their beer all over his head, and it's going to get on that jersey because that head is let smooth. Him take the jersey. Oh, it's fine. Do you know what era this is from? Who who was the star during this era? It was 1924, so... Red Grange. Yeah. That was the Red Grange uniform. Mm-hmm. I was going to say... Do you only have one of those? <laughs> Waddle, do you only have one of those? I don't, that's the only game-worn jersey I have left in my house. Really? Yeah. That's sick. You have others, though, that's right? That's awesome. No. That's it. So I, mean, I, mean, I have a college here. jersey. I have a high school jersey. And I have that fits you well. Not in a frame. Which shows the, the lack of padding. Like, no offense. The lack of padding that they used to wear. Yeah. Because, well, like, why do you think I'm all left up? I mean, <laughs> your playing weight was Sylvie? I was yeah, distributed well, differently. Okay, like the right California now. King? Yeah, yeah right. Dif- dif- differently. Waddle, the California yeah. King. Listen, Chris, 
You wanted that jersey as tight as possible. Somebody with my issues yeah. didn't want to be held. No, I got you. Yeah. All right, boy, I, I want to show you. that midriff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I showed you the belly. Yeah. Like Doug Flutie used to back College in the football day. Style. That cut off half jersey. Thanks Chris Zorich. Barstool Big Cat. Courtney Cronin. Also to Tyler and Meller. For Waterline Sylvie, it's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Wednesday night.